Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Hi. Hello. 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 Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It is technically Saturday for me. It always feels so weird to like say the day when it's not the day, but I have to plan for this coming out ahead of time. Anyway, I'm sorry that there's no intro music. (laughs) I realized like as I sat down to record this, I was like, oh, I definitely wanted to redo (laughs) the podcast intro and outro before editing this next episode before it got published. And I didn't do that. So we're just rocking another episode with no intro and it'll be back eventually. I just want to redo it, step it up, revamp it. Everything else kind of got a little facelift. So the intro needs one too, but I'm feeling refreshed. My house is deep cleaned. I just went to Starbucks and I'm ready to sit down and record this podcast episode, especially because I know I said it in the last two episodes, so sorry if this gets repetitive. The way that the podcast is going to go is it's going to tie into whatever the YouTube video is about for that week. And as I was editing this week's YouTube video, I was like, oh my God, there's so much that I didn't say in here that I wanted to say, and I'm annoyed at myself that I forgot to say it, but it's kind of that like pro and con of using and not using a script like I've said it before I I do script out my things in the sense that like they're bullet point lists and then I like I just do better when I'm able to relay information in a way that it sounds natural rather than just reading it straight off of a piece of paper even though my YouTube video is technically more structured than the podcast episode but anyway let's talk about what the episode's actually about so The YouTube video this week is me literally taking you from step one to the very last step of my content creation process. And I know what I'm about to say is going to sound like clickbait and it's not. I promise. Just stick with me. It's how I take one idea and easily turn it into 45 plus pieces of content. And this is a system and a strategy that has taken me a really long time to, I don't even want to say perfect because there's still aspects of it that I'm improving on. There are going to be, you know, other things that I might not be thinking of that I'm hoping even somebody just listening to this will have any sort of feedback or like 
have any advice or anything. Like it's just what I've been doing and it's been working for me. Like I'm not saying I need advice because what I'm doing isn't working. Like what I'm doing has been working. Um, So I just wanted to share that because I feel like there is no right or wrong answer. But the only thing that I can provide is just being transparent and being like, look, here's everything that I do. And I've been lucky enough that I've kind of talked about this. So I came into this new year working with only technically two full-time clients, like two full-time management clients. And the reason for that is because I'm actually doing more than just the full-time social media management. Um, I've been lucky enough that they're allowing me to do, you know, blog posts and Pinterest and Google and like just all of these things that all fit together in the big puzzle that is your marketing strategy. And I've been using this process on not only myself, but also them and just seeing how feasible it is for a team of one. I'm like, I I know somebody will benefit from hearing this or seeing this. And again, sorry if this is repetitive because I know I've said it in the last two episodes. So the YouTube video this week is me literally saying like, okay, we're starting here and turning it into this. And then it goes to this platform and this is how I do it. Um, that's what the YouTube video is. So if you want to see that, go watch the YouTube video. And also, hi, if we haven't met, my name is Lex. (laughs) I'm the owner of Page Media Co. and the creator of the Social Media Survival Guide, which is a podcast. It's YouTube, it's guides, it's templates, it's mentorship, it's support. It's just, it's for anybody who uses social media, specifically for your business or for your brand. But I do like to just include people who use it for personal use too. There's always something to learn. I know I'm always interested in learning something. So I'm, I'm we're here to survive social media together. That's what it is. Um, you can follow me directly on social media on Instagram and TikTok at Page Media Co. And it's P-A-I-G-E. And go to youtube.com slash the social media survival guide or just go to the social media survival guide.com for everything else. Oh, I'm still getting used to like saying that officially and like having my like condensed version of how to say everything really quickly. But We're getting there. Okay, so before we dive in, we are going to take a quick break and then we are going to talk about all of the things. All right, so just to recap, because like I said, there's so many things I didn't say in the YouTube video that I wish I did or that I I know is like supplemental information that is needed to make this process make sense. So I know I've talked about it in the past. I don't remember if I have an entire episode dedicated to it or if it's just been like a segment or a topic of conversation. I I know it's been talked about, Um, but I have a three-step content creation process that is my signature strategy. It's what I do. It's what I teach people to do. And I'm not saying that like nobody else has a similar strategy to what they do. But for me, what I do is I break content creation down into three separate phases. And the first phase is the planning phase. Phase two is recording and editing content. And then phase three is actually posting that content. So if somebody were to come to me and say, I want to start creating content next week, what should I do? I would immediately tell them, block off two to three hours on one day for planning, block off two to three hours one day for recording and block off a couple hours for editing, block off a couple hours for actually posting your content. And the reason that I say blocking off the time to actually post it is because in my opinion, there's a lot more that goes into posting than just opening the app, posting it, and like that's it. It's 
making sure that all previous comments are responded to. It's making sure that everything is tagged correctly. It's making sure that the cover photo is right. It's making sure that you're sharing it to your story. It's so much more than just posting, which is why I like to include that as an entire step like of the content creation process because it's not as simple as just oh, my reel is done being recorded and that's it. Like there's a lot more that comes after that. So anyway, that's like kind of not even the topic of what we're talking about, but it kind of is. So in the YouTube video, I walk you through the actual process of how I'm coming up with the ideas for the content that's being recorded and the content that's being published. And what I do is I start with one overarching theme. And I think this is where I... I wish that I had added a little bit more like supplemental information. So I choose an overarching theme that all of my content will relate back to. And this is similar to a content pillar, but a little bit different. So the way that I'm coming up with these overarching themes is I'm analyzing questions that my audience and that my community is routinely asking me. So like, especially when a new feature comes out, I will get a ton of questions about how do I use this feature? Should I be using this feature? Or a new platform will come out and it's the same questions. And again, I have my content pillars, I have my keywords. I am keeping track of the questions that people are asking me in regards to my content pillars and to my keywords. So really anything to do with social media kind of relating back to what I do. And then I like to show people strategies to keep things simple. Like I have a very neurodivergent brain and I'm very much somebody who thrives off of here is a checklist. I do these in this order and that is what I want to provide for other people because that's how I know I learn best. And I'm not saying that that's the best way to learn, but it's the best way that I learn. So I am familiar with it and it's how I feel comfortable sharing how I do things. But anyway, the reason I like to choose an overarching theme is because it's easier to apply to a bunch of different content. So like I said, YouTube video is gonna break all of this down, but basically what I'm doing with that overarching theme is I'm creating a YouTube video that again is a much more educational style video and then I'm creating a podcast episode that is like this, us just chatting, like me just telling you my personal experience with these things and why why it works, why it continues to work, why I change something if it doesn't work, like that's what I want the podcast episode to be is it to feel like you just called me and asked a question and I'm answering it. And then I'm also taking the transcription of that YouTube video and turning it into a blog post. So that right there is giving me three pieces of content that are all technically about the same thing, but they're approached in very different ways. And some kickback that I hear from this from people is that, oh, my audience doesn't want to see the same thing or my audience will be annoyed if I'm repurposing things onto different platforms. And I said this, I believe in last week's episode, your audience is different on every platform. So it's going to be a very rare and slim chance that anybody is actually annoyed that they're seeing the same topic from you. Can I see how they would get annoyed if you're just like straight up posting every single TikTok you make onto Instagram Reels? Yeah, because that just kind of looks lazy and that's not the strategy when I approach repurposing content. So anyway... 
from that one overarching idea comes the YouTube, the podcast, and the blog post. Now from that YouTube video, I am going to clip out some parts that I love that I want to share, and then they turn into reels and TikToks. And then I'm also going to take the theme of the week and turn it into a carousel post. I'm going to find some trends on both Instagram and TikTok. So again, I know I'm kind of just like glazing over that whole part, but only because it's all in the YouTube video. So right now what I want to talk about is how to actually come up with this overarching theme. So I did kind of touch on it in the YouTube video. First things first, I suggest taking the questions that your audience is consistently asking you. What are people routinely asking you? What are people routinely needing support with or what questions do they have? But if you aren't necessarily in a place where you can do that market research or if you don't have a ton of questions like pouring in, which is totally fine, you can take your content pillars or your keywords and ask yourself a series of question prompts. And like I said, I go over all of them in the YouTube video, but they're like, how do I? When should I? So for example, for me, I get the question of like, who should be on TikTok? When should I add TikTok into my strategy? Or like I said, with the features, how do I use this new feature? Like I am looking for these questions that start with who, what, when, where, why? And the questions that, again, relate back and surround your content pillars are how I'm deriving these overarching themes. This is where I wanted to go a little bit deeper. So if you are familiar with the website answerthepublic.com. It is literally the holy grail for this. So if you, and this is my advice for anybody who wants to just sit down and record a video of themselves talking to the camera, go to answerthepublic.com and type in a keyword. So one of my clients is a med spa. So let's say Botox, for example, I'm actually going to do this right now live time so go to answerthepublic.com and it's going to ask you to enter a keyword so i'm entering my keyword of botox and i'm hitting search and what it does is brings up this chart or a ton of data which is exactly what we love in social media and it shows you all of the questions that start with these how when will what are why like i'm reading there's 80 questions right now listed out in front of me and i'm just gonna pick a few so when does Botox start working? Will Botox help with my under eyes? Will Botox help hooded eyes? Like these are the questions that I'm turning into overarching themes because for example, my med spa, they get asked these questions routinely. So we'll take an entire week and walk people through everything they need to know about Botox. So answerthepublic.com is going to be an amazing way for you to find these ideas, to find these overarching themes. Also Buzz Sumo. So I just made a TikTok about this last week, just kind of showing how it works. And it's basically the same thing. You go to Buzz Sumo, you type in your keyword this is not only going to show you a list of questions but it's also showing you related keywords it's showing you the most popular blog post titles with that keyword it's showing you youtube videos with that keyword it's showing you like a breakdown of how people are using this keyword and what variation of it is getting the most traction so just like two amazing amazing tools that i am so annoyed for myself for not putting in that video um, but answerthepublic.com and buzzsumo two of the best ways to come up with the overarching themes 
Now, something else that I didn't touch a whole lot on is how I'm actually doing this process every week. I talk about like, okay, YouTube video and then podcast, but I I didn't really talk a lot about what prep work comes with that. So like I said before, I've talked about this. I don't remember if it was a focus or just like a topic, but it was my three-phase content creation process. And I break content creation up into those three steps and I'm doing those three steps on different days and I'm also doing the process of my content repurposing on different days. So like I said, YouTube video shows my legitimate every single day process and strategy and posting. But what I want to walk you through now is how my actual week looks. And I'll post something on my Instagram story of like an outline of this so that it makes more sense if you need to like visually see it. So on Mondays, I am sitting down and I am blocking off an hour for myself and an hour for each of my clients. And during that hour, I am going through and outlining everything that we are going to be posting for the next week. So I do everything like on an upcoming week basis. And I would prefer to do it like a couple weeks out. And I do sometimes like if, you know, I know a week is going to be extra busy, like I'll do a little bit extra the week before. Um, But the way that my brain works is when I think too far ahead or when I see too far in front of me, I get too fixated and I don't focus on what's literally right in front of me. So I'll start like scripting out a month worth of content and by the time it comes to actually post that content, I'm just like not really feeling it anymore. Like I don't like the way I worded something. So like I just like to make things a little bit closer to the time that they're going to be posted. However, I do still batch content. Like I do, you know, script everything out. So again, on Mondays, I'm writing everything out. I know what blog post is going to be about. I know what the podcast is going to be about. And I'm, again, making those outlines or like the bullet points of what the topics are going to be. Again, all following that overarching theme. So last week's theme was just in general, how to be more prepared for social media for 2023. So I did a YouTube video about what your 2023 strategy should look like. I did a video about how to optimize your Instagram for 2023 and like all the new features. Um, The podcast episode was same thing. Like it's, that was my overarching theme. And then a ton of my content, like I don't necessarily want to say 100% of my content relates back to the overarching theme because there's definitely like, Like I like posting like Canva tutorials or like day in my life. Like I like posting those that aren't always going to relate back. But I would say like 75% of my content relates back to this overarching theme. So anyways, Mondays, I am sitting down. I'm scripting everything out. Everything that needs to be recorded that week. And again, I'm doing that for myself and my clients. Then on Tuesday, and this is where it gets a little bit weird because I don't really need to time block myself for the content recording part for my clients because either one it's already done because we've had a content shoot or two they're doing it and just sending it to me so it's not a time block that I have to have on my calendar Um, but usually on Tuesdays what I'm doing is time blocking a huge chunk of time for me to sit down and record anything that I need to be on camera for like any of my TikToks any of my YouTube videos which I mean, I know I said in the beginning I'm recording this on a Saturday because I don't really have to be that on camera for my podcast episode. Like sometimes I'll record parts of it, but not like I just don't. I can be a little bit more (laughs) 
Like, I'm not saying you need to be, like, ready to be on camera, but, like, I, I'm not on camera right now. And that's – I'm literally wearing, like, a Snuggie-type thing. <laughs> but anyway, Tuesdays – again, I'm recording anything where I'm on camera, I, where I need to talk, where anything that my face is going to be in front of a lens. Then on Wednesdays, what I do – as I go through and I do like a bulk edit. So like I go through, I trim out all the dead space of the YouTube video, the podcast. I go through and I am making sure like all of my recorded TikToks are like where I want them to be. And then from there, just making sure there's not any last minute clips that I need to get. Like a lot of my Canva tutorials, like for example, I'll film those on two separate days sometimes because the first clip I like to be of me being like, this is a Canva tip. And then the next video is me just recording my screen. So I don't necessarily need to be on camera for the part where I'm recording my screen. So that would be something that I would do like that Wednesday. Like I would get all of the things that I don't need to be on camera for. Then on Thursday, I'm going through and doing a final edit where I'm adding text on the screen. I'm adding filters. I'm downloading and I'm exporting videos and getting them into Asana and ready to be posted and writing the captions and blah, blah, blah. And then I don't normally schedule anything on Fridays for my content creation specifically just in case something comes up. Like if something comes up on a Wednesday and I have to push that process ahead of day, I have that one day to work with. So usually this process is happening from Monday to Thursday. Now the repurposing part of my content where Again, I talk about it in the YouTube video, but I'm doing, you know, pins, I'm doing email, and I'm doing YouTube shorts. None of that requires anything but me sitting at my computer. So that would be a time block on my calendar on Fridays for admin work where I'm just literally repurposing content to Pinterest, to YouTube shorts, to my email list. Yeah, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of work. And I even say that in the YouTube video, and this isn't something that you need to follow like down to a T. But again, I learn best from seeing what works for somebody else. And this is something that's been working for me. I mean, in full transparency, in about a week between recording and editing and scheduling just for my content, like between the YouTube, the podcast and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm easily spending 15 to 20 hours between everything when it's all said and done and that's including the 30 minutes a day that I'm spending on actually posting my videos like I'm posting two TikToks a day and posting an Instagram like it's it takes upwards of 30 minutes sometimes closer to even an hour by the time I'm done like officially posting engaging like making sure past comments are answered like it takes a long time so I include that kind of in that process and again I would say easily 15 to 20 hours at the end of the week I'm spending on this but I'm breaking it up over the course of four to five days so like Monday through Friday I'm doing three hours of work for my own content and for my own business at least a day and again the reason that I share this is because I know like I'm managing this schedule as a team of one like it's just me and I have made the decision. Ooh, actually, let's talk about this. I wasn't really planning on talking about this, but what a fun little segue. If you are a social media manager, have you decided if you want to scale to an agency or if you are just kind of kicking it where you are? And I don't think there's any right answer here. And now that I think about it, this is kind of tying into like, again, me working more closely with my 
two clients rather than with like a bunch at a time. So last January, I was working with 13 retainer clients and I was to a point where I had to decide like, am I hiring a team or, you know, am I going to make some changes? And the direction that I chose to go in was not hiring a team and scaling back on the work that I was doing so that one, I could put more effort into my own business, but two, I've been in charge before. So I've talked about this, but like fitness instructor in my past life. And when I left that job, I was technically the head coach of a studio, meaning that for lack of better terms, I was at the top of a pyramid. Like literally that's it. I loved every single person that was a coach at that studio with me, but like I didn't like it. And I don't know if it was a mix of these people were my friends for a really long time before I became the head coach and had to like be responsible for things and like be in charge and like make sure everything was communicated and like lead the team and like be a builder and stuff. And I think what I've really, really figured out about myself is I think I'm capable of that. Like I know I'm capable of that because I did have a small team back in 2021 um, and I let that team go for a lot of different reasons it just wasn't working out one of them just like was straight up wasn't doing what they were contracted to do and I think that was kind of like that pivotal moment where I was like okay combined with the fact that I've been a manager before and I've been a team leader before like it's a lot like it's taxing on your mental health you're no longer just responsible for yourself and your clients you are responsible for a lot of other people making a name for your business and that scares me which is why again last year in January I had to make the choice like are you going to scale to an agency are you going to hire a team and continue taking clients on um or are you going to scale back while still scaling up so what I did was just I restructured my packages, presented them to all of my current clients and the ones that wanted to take advantage of them. We still work together or did for a lot of the year. And then again, moving into this new year, I'm just doing, I'm doing more for less clients, if that makes sense. Like I'm doing more for just two people. Um, And to me, it's just like less draining than like switching between a bunch of different voices. And there, again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just This is what I've learned about myself over the last year specifically is that I'm way more interested in bringing my skill set into a business that is already established rather than turning my business into an agency. Like it's just, I like having a team that I'm not necessarily responsible for. And like, that's not to say that, you know, five years from now, if I'm still working full-time marketing with one of my clients and you know we're to a place where we can hire a social media manager and I'm not technically doing like every single little task like that's different but as far as like the actual business I'm just way more interested in my skill set being in somebody else's business especially because well okay so let me disclaim this so a lot of this has to do with who my clients are. Like I genuinely and wholeheartedly love the two businesses that I work with and they both have an amazing product. They both have amazing services. They both are amazing people and they're not competitors. Like I just, one is a med spa in Detroit and one's a gym in Charleston. Like they're just, it's not a competitive thing. Um, 
but a lot of it has to do with the fact that like I love those people and I want to see their business continue to grow and succeed and again it's not that I don't think I'm capable of turning into an agency because if there is anything about me I was gifted I don't know if it's a gift I am convinced I can do literally anything in the world not like in a cocky way but like I just I don't take no for an answer like I'm going to figure out how to do something so again it's not that I'm not like confident that an agency wouldn't work for me I just don't necessarily have an interest in being the leader of that team um so it's been really cool that it's worked out with my clients the way that it has but the reason I ask is because I'm interested like are you an agency or are you okay with kind of keeping things local and like like I want to be firsthand with my clients I want to be the one in there like recording their videos because I think they're funny like I want to be the ones in there like hanging out with them because I love them like and I just I value those like friendships and those work relationships and I I just yeah I don't want to turn into an agency <laughs> it's not even what this episode's about sorry I like went off on that but like I just I'm, I'm genuinely curious are you interested in turning into an agency or are you not okay let's move on so I actually have a really fun socials in society and if you missed that in the catch-up episode from December um, I want to and I, I do this on my Instagram story now like I want to talk about things that are happening like in pop culture as they relate back to social media and I have a really fun one that I want to talk about today um, but before we do that I need to get this one thought executed because again I forgot it in the YouTube video and I can't forget it in this podcast episode too okay so really quick let's talk about repurposing your content so to me when people hear repurposing a lot of them think oh I'm just gonna take what I posted on TikTok that week and post it on my Instagram reels and there's a 99% chance that that will not work because content is not meant to work on every single platform. So like what works on Instagram isn't always gonna work on TikTok, especially that way. And then same the other way around. Usually trends originate on TikTok and then they eventually make their way over to Reels. But when it comes to repurposing your content, there's actually so many different things that you could be doing that I feel like people are forgetting. And I said this, Again, in the YouTube video, I'm sorry I keep saying that. It's probably so annoying because that's probably the 13th time I've said it. Um, in the YouTube video, I'm talking about how I'm repurposing content specifically to Pinterest, YouTube shorts, and email marketing. And the reason I talk about those specifically is because they use content that was posted elsewhere. So like Pinterest, you're just linking back to a TikTok you posted. You're linking back to an Instagram post you made and you're linking back to a blog post. Like you're linking back to other things. So I'm on there explaining how I'm repurposing across platforms, but I want to circle back and kind of bring this full circle about how it makes, again, more sense to reuse ideas in the past, but just implement them in a different structure. And I want to give you some examples because, again, I didn't put this in the YouTube video. So one of my favorite ways to repurpose content that I really like the idea of, especially back when, like, graphics were just a thing on Instagram, like, before video really started taking over. Um, and I'll go find, like, a really, really good Instagram caption. And like I said, I'll just sit down, turn my camera on, and record myself saying that caption out loud. And that, again, is taking that 
past post and turning it into a video that you can now use. And again, it doesn't even have to be a post. It can go on your story. It can go on TikTok. It can be used elsewhere. And again, I know I've kind of gotten the kickback of like, oh, that's too much. My audience doesn't want to see that topic again. Like, yes, they do. Yes, they do. If I were to use, if I were to have that mindset, I would have like 17 pieces of content. And that's not to say that I'm like consistently reusing content, but like a lot of what I do and make content about, the ideas are very similar. There's just like a million different ways to get that information relayed to somebody. And it's again, not like I'm gatekeeping any sort of information, but like there's only so many ways you can word something. So it's like you can't go into it thinking that every single thing that you post has to be a separate idea. Things can relate to each other. They can be vaguely the same topic. So just keeping that in mind. I did mention this one in the YouTube video, but like say you have a carousel post on Instagram that's like graphics, like explaining something with text and it performed really well there's a chance that it was you know a lot to do with the platform or like how the content was set up but something you could take into consideration is reading the text from that carousel and recording yourself doing it or turn those carousel slides into an instagram story mini training oh my gosh wait let's talk about this really quick okay so i do technically have another client i just don't do full-time management for them i do um just monthly content creation so i it's a little bit different um But what I've been doing with her, and I want to share this because it's really been working for us. And I know that other social media managers can sometimes struggle with this. So in the past, I've had clients who just like, they don't post the stories that we're making for them. And it's not because they don't like them. It's not because, you know, for any specific reason other than they just like, either don't remember to or they like don't have the time during the day but like something I've been doing with this client is what I do is instead of making her stories I just send her a list of prompts and I'm like okay when you post this reel get on the story and do a boomerang of this product with a poll that has this text on it and it has helped so much it's helped her consistently show up on the story because it's so much easier than like opening it and being like this story will only make sense if it's posted on Wednesday you know what I mean because now I can just be like okay when you have 20 minutes like go around and ask all the girls in the studio where their favorite place to grab lunch is and put it on the story like it's been so 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 good and I've definitely done like content outlines for people before, but not necessarily for stories like this. Um, And it's really helped just like get more polls and more sliders and more interaction engagement like on the story. So that's been really, really cool. So I wanted to share that. All right, before we wrap things up, let's talk about the socials and society for this week. So I have been thinking about this like a lot lately and Same thing that I've said earlier. I know I've talked about this before. I know for sure I've talked about it in a TikTok. I feel like I had to have talked about it on here at some point too. So again, if it's repetitive, I'm sorry. But I want to talk about guerrilla marketing. What guerrilla marketing is, is an advertisement strategy where a company uses the element of surprise or like an unconventional interaction 
in order to promote their product or service. So I had talked about this before with the movie Smile. Um, complete side note, one of the most horrifying movies I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Like I'm so serious when I say I don't normally <laughs> get like scared of horror stuff and that movie was bone chilling. Um, but anyway, I think it was over the summer, Paramount, the production company of the movie Smile did this marketing campaign that would technically be considered guerrilla marketing. There's like a very fine line for what's considered guerrilla marketing. Like I think anybody can just be like, oh, that's guerrilla marketing. You know what I mean? Because how do you really gauge what's technically out of the ordinary? But anyway, over the summer, Paramount hired... It was this one girl specifically, but then I think they started doing it with like a ton of other people too. They would send these people to MLB games and sit them right in like the direction of the camera. So like when they were showing the batter like up to bat, in the background you would just see this woman in a neon yellow shirt just smiling and staring directly into the camera. And it started to pick up traction because somebody on TikTok like posted a video about it and was like, what the hell is this? Like, does anybody else see this? And then they kept seeing it like at more games and like more people were doing it. And eventually it came out that it was promo for the movie Smile. Like if you Googled woman smiling at MLB game, I literally go find the TikTok of it. It's from a couple months ago, but I explained exactly what the campaign was. Um, but basically, if you Googled woman smiling at the camera at MLB game, the first ad that came up was to buy tickets for the movie. So it was really, really cool. Like, it was just very unconventional. And people brought this up before. Like, I know Mr. Beast has done something like this in the past. So ever since that smile campaign, I've, like, kind of been not, like, obsessed with it, but, like, it's very interesting to me how often these marketing, you know, campaigns and tactics are being used in our everyday life and people aren't noticing them. So this brings me to what I want to talk about today, and that is the show on Netflix called Kaleidoscope. There are, I believe, eight different episodes, either eight or ten different episodes. When you first open your Netflix account and you open this show, the order that the episodes appear in is different for everybody, and that's because the whole gimmick behind the show is that you can watch the episodes in any order. So to me, I was like, whoa, that's sick. Like, I love me a good, you know, choose your adventure. Like, it was very appealing to me. Now, we watched the show and we went in a random order. So like, we literally pulled up a random number generator and like picked the different episodes. But the whole point is no matter what order you watch the episodes in, the story makes sense or like you it was unfolded a little bit differently depending on what order you watch them in my honest opinion of it is that it was a good show i just wish that i watched it in chronological order because the problem was that my brain was watching a storyline play out with people that hadn't technically been introduced yet yeah it was like part of the fun and like the element of surprise but the reason that i wanted to bring that up is because the whole again the guerrilla marketing of it is that it's a show that you can watch in any order and that's not very often. Um, but again, my personal opinion, it just felt like we were watching it out of order. But again, the reason I bring that up is because I want to know what the craziest marketing that you have ever seen is. There's also a really good 
documentary on Netflix called Pepsi Where's My Jet? And it's about this guy. Okay, so this was at a time period where it was, I guess, like harder to validate things. The internet wasn't a thing yet. So this was back, I want to say, in the 80s, possibly in the 90s, but I really want to say in the 80s. And Pepsi had Pepsi points. And what it was, was like every time you bought Pepsi, you got points. And they had a catalog where you could like pick out, you know, swag like shirts and hats and bags and toys and lights and stuff like that but pepsi made a commercial that said if you sent in x amount of points you would get a hanger jet like i don't know how i wasn't familiar with what a hanger jet is so basically it's this like really really crazy private like fighter jet like for the military and pepsi did it like again as guerrilla marketing being like oh yeah if you get x amount of points like we'll give you this but they (laughs) you can't just say that because they never actually meant it so one day this guy shows up with x amount of pepsi points and is like i want my jet like y'all made this promise like it's in your marketing campaign it's there they just never thought anybody would actually get that amount of Pepsi points. And this guy really did. And it was him like fighting with Pepsi to get the jet. And it was a crazy documentary. So I highly recommend watching that too. And again, I'm like genuinely asking you, please DM me and tell me what you think is the craziest guerrilla marketing strategy. Like what's the wildest campaign you've ever seen. If you know of any like good documentaries about stuff like that, let me know. I'm very into it. I'm very, it's like my current fascination. So I'm very excited to see what you tell me about. Okay, I hope you have the absolute best day of your whole entire life. Have the best week. I will be back next week with another episode. And as I've said a million times, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at phmediaco and the social media survivalguide.com for everything else and all of the content, all of the trainings, all of the guides, the templates, and everything else. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.